Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our Watch Club for Loki Season 2. We got to the man at the end of time, and he made sense. Welcome to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club recap for Loki Season 2, Episodes 1 to 4. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode or the first four episodes, uh, be sure to do so, and then come right back in a snap. Now, before we remember all the things we forgot but are now just remembering because they're technically happening, but in the past, let me introduce you to the TVA personnel. Joining me today, first up, he knows a little something about joint probability. He's Justin the Jet Ski Lovin' Lawrence. I am not a Jet Ski Lovin' Right. No? I, have you been I on a be jet ski? First. I have. I was actually on uh, <laughs> when I was much younger. I'm pretty sure I was on one with Kevin, and he yeah. ripped. He ripped <laughs> on that. On that, I was. I thought I was. I would love die. to see Kevin on a jet ski. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but before we get to see Kevin on a jet ski, uh, joining us from a branched timeline. He's the sexiest mass of molecules this side of the magnetosphere. He's Mike, the meticulously marvelous super spectroscopic smith. <laughs> I, I like the alliteration in there. That was really good. I just literally, every yeah. time I just Google science words that start with M or <laughs> start with S, and yeah. I just get I like that. a list I like of that them. you went back and forth. That was good. Of course. I absolutely. Mike, and, welcome back. And I back. do love jet skis, by the way. Oh, okay. you, have you been on there a jet ski? Yes, and they terrify me because they are crazy fast now. They are so fast. I couldn't believe so fast. how fast we ripped through. I, yeah, I, yeah, you're kind of like, scared. oh my God, are we touching water? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm touching water right now. Yeah. Exactly. Last time I was on a jet ski, uh, it was with uh, my buddy Jesse, and he was like, dude, I promise you three people can be on this jet ski. It's going to be fine. No problem. I'm in full clothes. I My Apple Watch had never gone underwater because I know they can, <laughs> but I never wanted to test it. And, yeah. uh, and that was the day my Apple Watch went underwater because three people got on that jet ski two after me and it just sinks into the water there and i was go. just like well i guess i'm going for Giving a swim a test. that was it i can't wait for mobius to one day be oh on a jet ski it's gonna happen it better be a prolific moment. my brain yeah yeah like you, he'll be so happy He'll be like insanely happy, dude. I'm seeing slow motion. I'm seeing yeah. like yeah. like close ups. I'm I'm even hearing like an '80s rock tune. You know yeah. what I mean? Incredible just kind sunglasses. of like Loki on the back too, right? Like you're 100%. seeing like like just the two of them, just like <laughs> it, yeah. It's their, it's the equivalent to a tandem smile. tandem bike, right? So oh, you know, yeah. like please, they, oh, they, they did ride a tandem. Okay, we'll get yeah, into exactly, it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mike, welcome back to the the podcast. For those who haven't heard your lovely dulcet tones. Uh, before, who are you, and what do you, you know? What are your high-level thoughts on uh, this season of Loki so far? Uh, I'm Mike Smith. I usually sometimes record a podcast called Dumpster Talk, but uh, I have been usually sometimes. To this. I yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> it's whenever we feel like it. There you go. Um, this season, I don't think it's as good as season one in my overall. This is like it's like, but the potential is there. I guess if that's mm -hmm. the way that I can put it. So like up to where we are at. 
Um, there's I listened to your guys spoiler free and I wanted to be in on that so bad because I was like, oh, okay, I agree with this thought and I disagree with this thought. And like <laughs> I could go into all of them, but I won't do that. I'll spare everybody the time. But the biggest thing that I think I'm the most disappointed about, if I could pick one thing, mm. um, I like the character of Victor Timely, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't love his portrayal. And yeah, I'm with Kevin on that. I think it was Kevin that said that. And yeah. it really was goofy. I really felt that. I was like, oh, I just I the way that I feel about it is in season one, we had Loki, we have a bunch of variants, and I believed they're all variants. Mm-hmm. And in this, this is the same actor, and I don't believe it's a variant. Like oh, that, okay. that's like kind of bad. Like I feel like he's overacted his way away from Kang. In some mm. of these, some of these roles, especially like the after scenes that we've seen him in and other stuff, and I'm just like, oh, this is too far. It's too far removed. Like, the, there's no mannerisms. Like between Sylvie and Loki, there's so many mannerisms that are the same. You believe they're the same person, and these are like far removed. So and that's probably my biggest yeah. gripe. Other than that, so yeah. so basically, his his portrayal as a Kang variant is so different from everything else we've seen that it just doesn't feel like the same. It takes me out. Yeah, it takes you out. Yeah, oh, yeah it takes fair. me away from it. You yeah. know, at this last episode, we'll get there. I'm coming around, but like the first. Well, it might not matter anymore. Uh, Mike. It might not. <laughs> exactly. We'll get, there. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, yeah. Cool, man. But otherwise, you're enjoying the the I season am. so far. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a massive Doctor Who fan okay. as well. So the vibes there, like I don't think you could get anything closer to Doctor Who than this this series of television right in, now in the MCU for Doctor sure. Who. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, without being Doctor Who. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, well. Enjoying it. You know, Justin and I, we've been waiting uh, for what feels like forever. Uh, we're finally on a timeline or where weeks. we get to keep talking about it. It feels like forever, uh, Justin, especially after that fourth episode. But uh, we're going to be talking about all four episodes. Uh, but just before we do, uh, we do want to remind you listening that we here at Geek Centric are stoked that the WGA has successfully gotten uh, the contract that they bargained for. Uh, and we hope that SAG-AFTRA will reach an agreement with the studios as soon as possible. It sounds like they are in talks at the time of this recording. So we're crossing our fingers that uh, that everything kind of works out there. And, you know, we stand with the SAG-AFTRA in support as they strike to get the contract that they deserve that better reflects the ongoing changes of today's industry. Uh, because without them, like, we would not get incredible you know, performances and, and we wouldn't really get these fleshed out characters that we love like the ones in this very show. So to support the actors of the things we love, uh, you can do so by checking out the link in our description. Uh, we got a lot to go through, gentlemen. Um, so let's get into it, uh, starting with the first episode of season two, the the premiere uh, titled Ouroboros, directed by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Uh, let me kind of give you a, a little brief synopsis, and then we'll, we'll just chat about it. Um, in the continuation of season one, Loki finds himself in an unfamiliar version of the TVA where no one recognizes him. He escapes multiple attempts to apprehend him and discovers time anomalies affecting the TVA. Mobius and Hunter B-15 try to restore order amidst chaos in the sacred timeline. General Doc, still unwilling to accept the truth, commands X-5 to hunt down Sylvie. Loki experiences time slipping, shifting between past, present, and future, uh, and with the help of Mobius and Ouroboros, uh, Ouroboros, Loki successfully resyncs himself, uh, and he comes crashing down, pushing Mobius back through the blast doors just in time. Hunter B-15 watches as Docs, X-5, 
and a massive squad of agents march through the time doors, ready to start their hunt. And then in the after credit scene, yes, we do get an after credit scene, uh, the only one we got uh, in the season so far. Sylvie enters a branched timeline uh, and explores 1982 Broxton, Oklahoma. She walks into a McDonald's uh, that I love seeing McDonald's in the show. Uh, and when asked what she what she'd like, she expresses her desire to try everything. So guys, let's talk about this premiere. Let's talk about some of the highlights there. I think the one that I wanted to start off with and probably the most obvious one and the one that makes me smile the most uh, is the introduction of OB, played by the incredible Kihei Kwan, uh, who is just so incredibly delightful. I've just, I've, I can't stop smiling every time he's on screen. Uh, Justin, what did you think? Yeah, I think as we'll go through the four episodes, he's the MVP. Uh, he's definitely the highlight. Anytime he's on screen, it's it's an absolute delight. It it can be anything from uh, bleak and direct to <laughs> hilariously heartfelt. And yeah. uh, we're all gonna die. Yeah, we're exactly. All gonna die. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, again, this introduction to his character in this episode was done was handled so well. It gave a sense of poignancy to who Obi is and why he's important. Um, and I love that. Uh, you know, we with him and. Uh, Mobius and Loki, we get this sort of uh, new realization of time traveling or and how it works. Past and yeah, the past affecting mm. the future, uh, which was so well done. And with with Obi at the center of that, with Key acting this out, with being like, you know, wait a minute, I do remember something, <laughs> right? Or actually, yeah, yeah. I do have that. Like it. <laughs> felt like it was a bit of a comedic sort of skit but it worked really well in the in the in the middle of this like there's so much heaviness that's been happening like you got loki time slipping everywhere and like i don't know obi just seems to anchor that episode and make it so so grounded uh amidst all this crazy loom breaking things and time slipping and all sorts of stuff so yeah he was he's the highlight of that of of that episode i agree like i mean he's He's easily the best new character that they 100%. added. It's like they've added a few new people or opened up more people to give them a little bit bigger roles. But I honestly feel like he Obi is overshadowed every other character to the point that like you mentioned names and I have to rack my brain to think who is that like who is Docs I forget <laughs> like who is this like. Uh, I don't remember them. They're like almost forgettable because Obi is such a great character, and I really do. I really do love that they immediately gave him relevance. I don't know if it was in the first episode or not, but they gave him relevance by being like he wrote the 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 Bible on the TVA, yeah. basically, yeah. right? So like that's his writings on what he found, and we'll get to later a bit more about that. But the fact that they immediately gave him like he runs this place, like this is it's his show. This is, he's important. Yeah. He's an important exactly. Man. The yeah. last these these four episodes have really solidified that Obi is extremely important to I think the bigger picture that existed before, during, and probably yeah. after. Do you know what I mean? Like so, I love that. There's he's not just a um a sort of uh, a character cast throwaway. and a throwaway cast that they added. Yeah. There's value that I think I'm hoping will will get payoff. I, I I will I will reserve my idea of thinking that it actually will, and I'll say I hope because, like you said, even just the last tidbit of of knowing that he wrote the TVA manual and giving him that that weight, like that's important, right? That's super super important to the bigger picture. All these things start to show up in like Marvel comics. Like TVA mm -hmm. is a part of Marvel comics. All these characters and like Obi will be one. 
Like, there's no doubt in my mind whether he might be already. I don't know. I think there's like, like a version, maybe, but it's definitely not this version. And I think you're right. I think he's. he's I think so that's one of the best aspects about sort of the way that the MCU gets its influence from the comics, and then it, it goes kind of like a snake eating its own tail. It goes back around and and starts to yeah. in, and you know sort of uh, hit the comic side of things too, where the designs of the characters are then influenced by you know these these different characters. I think my favorite performance moment from Obi. It's so subtle and it's so little, but Kihei Kwan does it so perfectly in these wonderful Wes Anderson style shots. You just see him like mm -hmm. further away from them and he's trying to explain how he does everything and he just turns around and goes, no sleep. And it's just, it's such a short <laughs> yeah. little moment, but he just yeah. says, no sleep. And it's, I just, oh, my heart, my I heart. I can't sleep though. That's, that's like, that, I think that's yeah, maybe a theory, not. but like yeah, that's, yeah. I, I think there's something about the <laughs> no way sleep. he ticks that's you know reminiscent of a clock that just doesn't stop right mm, so yeah and he doesn't say it with a joke no like, he's serious he says it he delivers that's what it I mean. seriously it's bleak and direct or it's like <laughs> yeah, heartfeltly yeah, like, like honest and and but sincere. both are are hilarious yes. um yeah. time slipping is probably visually one of the most terrifying things this show uh, has introduced <laughs> like it does look painful i don't know what movie I, I, <laughs> I also think though the comedy piece behind that was absolutely fantastic where it was like yeah it's not that bad then he does it again okay i was lying it's horrible it looks like you're dying yeah, yeah, being yeah. reborn it's it is absolute like i was laughing so hard uh and just just in that moment because it really does break again the whole seriousness of what's going on so it's very much subverting mm -hmm. Uh, your expectations. This is why I think the epi this episode was my one of my favorites of the four, uh, mm -hmm. because of how well it, it it kind of goes with the seriousness of what happened at the end of season one. But then there's these moments where it's just breaking, and it it very much like time slipping. You're moving between different styles of like comedic genre like then you know the elevator bit was really really funny and then they turn and there's someone standing there and then yes. she's just like yeah i'm with him like that just like her face was like yeah that's not pretty that's not pretty that he types the <laughs> right i thought that was a really good like comedic bit and i i know a lot of people might have thought tonally it was out of place but i thought it was it's was actually just what the episode needed the same with the stuff with ob like it just kind of breaks that loom and doom loom and doom oh that's crazy <laughs> well yeah that, that the loom and doom yeah so um on on time slipping like i i enjoyed the performance of it i think hiddleston nailed it he really sold it it looks painful and like it, it was kind of comedic yeah. and it was really well done as far as like a literary device i was like oh god i hope this doesn't happen all season mm. and i'm happy that they wrapped it up and i was like okay it was cool it was neat i'm just i didn't want it to be like oh every time something's about to happen they can just use this to either get someone in or get someone right. out of what needs to happen and i was just like uh it's kind of weak um it's a little lazy to, to for the but it, it worked they paid it off and they were like cool i it's think done. It's, we fixed it Let's i think it's gonna on. come back though in the yeah last episodes so. if you look at the trailers yeah. there's some footage that we've not seen yet that includes more of him doing that that amazing hair flip back when he does his yeah i love yeah. it i love it yeah yeah um yeah. i did want to uh shout out the the mcdonald's uh of it all i think um by the way the the tree in the background of that mcdonald's like I know the that face? like growing up in the '90s, things or in the '80s and the '90s, like things looked like that. But that tree, the face on it that tree, scarier than the original, though. <laughs> like terrifying. the original, like the like the original that they based it off of, yeah, wasn't necessarily as scary as what they made it. 
right? So in that so branch yeah, yeah. timeline, maybe that's what's maybe going on. Maybe it's a little more horrifying, right? <laughs> Somebody got branch. extra high when they designed yeah, exactly. it. Yeah. That's how they remembered it. Yes, <laughs> that's how they remembered it. Uh, Darcy, unfortunately, was not able to join us. He's off in a branch timeline exploring pumpkins. Um, but he did want me to mention uh, the the choice of Broxton, Oklahoma, specifically, uh, and its importance to the comics, because apparently... That is where Thor chose to rebuild Asgard after his rebirth post Ragnarok uh, in the comics. So Darcy was saying like it would be interesting, maybe not this season, maybe in a season three or maybe just sort of as an eventual uh, character uh, thing for Loki to see him uh, waking up as guardians on this timeline or at some point waking up as guardians on this timeline as a way to sort of uh, continue and, and maybe even uh, I was thinking maybe even meeting with a variant of his brother I think would be really really fun mm -hmm. right like we've kind of got two variants uh, of these characters that we know from our sacred timeline uh, meeting together I think mm -hmm. would be really really interesting I don't know I know that there was like a deleted scene from something that was like a Thor frog at one point that they were supposed to meet. Um, I don't know if that was in one of the movies or if it was in the show, but I remember seeing I somewhere. Was, was it in one of the movies? A deleted scene where yeah. Frog Thor was supposed yeah, to meet. Yeah, I, I remember uh, seeing that Loki. online too. I didn't. I didn't understand the context of of when it was or what it was meant to be for. But they have hinted at at Frog Thor uh, making a comeback. Making a comeback. Yeah. yeah. Well, in some. I think that was from a movie. Actually, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but. Yeah, I think the whole idea of sh uh, placing Sylvie in a reference point that could be potentially a, a new a new Asgard uh, homestead, like that's interesting. What if it's like she runs into like her variant, like a variant of of Thor, that's maybe you know the opposite of where she would have been in a timeline? Because if she is a Loki variant, well, who right is there would have had to have been a variant. Thor in that timeline Time as well. Interesting. It, okay. She almost found a way to realign back with her home timeline that she didn't realize that she, by coincidence, did. Didn't she? I could be remembering things wrong, but didn't she kill her Thor variant? Did she? I could be maybe. wrong. Maybe I got to go back and watch. Maybe first season again. I don't I know. I like can't. That. I can't recall if 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 that was the case or if he even existed. I know she was pulled from her her. I guess Asgardian. Um, lifestyle pretty early, but also, did she prune? Was that mm -hmm. timeline pruned? Pruned. If it was, oh, yeah. then True. that Thor was probably non-existent. But Gone. either way, the fact True. that she she could land at a place where we could see a variant of Thor, right? It doesn't need to be Chris Hemsworth. It could yeah. be someone else, right? And that's that's, that's what's interesting. It could be, it could be her her uh, young friend who works with her at McDonald's. Perhaps. Oh, we're gonna talk about Jack. Whoa. Don't you trust? I don't, we're I don't getting think, there. No, I don't. I don't think he's Mobius, but I, I do have a theory for it. We'll okay. get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Um, before we move on to episode two, do we have anything that we wanted to mention about episode one? Or are we ready to jump forward in our timeline here? Now let's move on. We're gonna jump ahead. So okay, so episode two, uh, titled, and I, I love the title for this episode. Breaking Brad uh, is fantastic. <laughs> um, directed by Dan DeLeo. Uh, in this episode, Loki, Mobius, and B-15 travel to different time periods in search of Sylvie. When they emerge in 1977 London, Loki doubts Sylvie would be there as it's too safe. 
Instead, they find X5 living as movie star Brad Wolf, uh, and they capture and return Brad to the TVA. They have Obi inspect Brad's modded tempad, uh, and Brad tells Loki he's better at being a bad guy uh, and insists that the TVA isn't real. This provokes Mobius, uh, surprisingly, into violence. After a calming piece of key lime pie, uh, Loki, which that key lime pie looks so good. I don't care how jiggly it is. I want to eat it. Um, oh, buddy. <laughs> Dude, oh, you're not a key lime pie guy, Justin? Uh, no, I, we'll, we'll talk when we get there, but okay. I, I got to <laughs> I love key lime. Yeah, let's go. Key lime pie. Um, sorry, after a calming piece of key lime uh, pie, Loki confronts Brad again. This time, he lets his inner villain out, uh, and, uh, and Obi informs B-15 uh, and Casey that they have to convince Miss Minutes to come back and help override the locked blast doors as they no longer have access to the temporal aura of He Who Remains. Brad takes Mobius and Loki, uh, after some convincing, to Broxton, Oklahoma, where we see Sylvie working at McDonald's. Brad informs them that uh, Doc's, blans, uh, Doc's plans to bomb multiple timelines. Uh, and then while working together, Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie stop Doc's, but not before countless timelines are pruned. Casey gets a hit on Renslayer's uh, tempad, pointing them in their next direction. Sylvie, now disillusioned with the TVA even more, says it's broken, it's rotten, and she decides to return to her life back in Broxton, uh, leaving the TVA agents to confront the aftermath and destruction of the mass pruning. Uh, so there's some moments in this episode uh, I want to bring up. Uh, but just before I do, a quick plug. Uh, Justin actually had the chance to interview the director of this episode, uh, Dan DeLue, which you can check out right now on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Uh, but in that interview, Dan, um, he, asked, uh, he asked Dan if he could travel to another timeline. You know, where would you want to travel? Uh, and I think in our spoiler-free review, we actually talked about the same thing. But Mike... Uh, I actually wanted to ask you, where would you travel if you could pick anywhere on the timeline to travel, uh, and what would you do there? I had a feeling you were going to ask me this, actually, <laughs> um, because I'd listen, I'd, once you asked me to do this, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go listen to their spoiler free. Um, and I was like, oh, he's going to ask me. And I think I'm with you. I think I am too much of a tech nerd, like interested in the future. Mm -hmm. And unlike some people, and even maybe the state of the world right now, I feel like it's we're going to figure things out as as I humanity. Like I think that things are going to be You're good. hopeful. Ultimate oh, I'm hopeful. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is probably the best way. I am hopeful and I I feel like it's it's going to be good. Like we may get we're going to go through a lot of bad things. It's going to happen and there's always going to be wars and whatever else. Mm -hmm. But I have a feeling that things will be better in the future. I I maybe not for a long time, but I don't know. I'd love to see where we're at and 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 how long people are living and what technology looks like and you know I, that that just astounds yeah. me you know to, to one day be in a flying car or have a jet pack or a flying or, jet to ski would you maybe that's a what you would jet do. ski yes <laughs> yeah yeah per, personal aircraft of some sort I, I just that type of that type of thing is just like i, I couldn't go back and you know, smell shit streets and, and do all that. I don't want to do that. You know, like medieval times and, you know, like as much as I love dinosaurs, I don't want no. to do that. No, know? I mean, I think I in the future we'll have the ability to do that anyways. You know what I mean? So you get the best of all yeah, the worlds, maybe. right? There you go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You go to the future and then you're like, oh, yeah, you're stuck there. But the future has like VR experiences, like, like those scooters you can rent. It's just like a time <laughs> there machine. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love it. People take them on I weekends. I love it. 
Um, cool. Well, <laughs> let's talk about this episode. Uh, we're in the seventies. Um, we, I love the, the, the disco, like I think Natalie Holt, if I could just give a shout out beyond our spoiler free review is just doing such a phenomenal job. And I love her little, um, little, uh, variants, if you will, of the, the main theme. And at, uh, exactly at the movie premiere, we get the, the seventies, version of the loki theme and it's just fantastic and there's a few other ones that i'll highlight as we go along but she's just she's killing it i love it music's been awesome well i love i love that it's it's definitely serving as the the anchor that kind of binds all of the um i guess what would you call them the branch timelines yeah that binds them together Mm -hmm. is this this score that feels familiar but is dated and it's a variation uh from that period so i think it's it's perfect to think about it in that way i I like the one in in episode three and how they incorporated it um but yeah the 70s vibe definitely hits and uh, i loved the even just like Mm. the the punk rockers in the streets uh that that end up circling brad at the end there (laughs) just how (laughs) how like uh british punk they were like they were ready to fuck (laughs) shit up so i was like yeah "Yeah, yeah. all right let's go Uh, i thought it was awesome I think um, on the topic of Brad specifically, I think Raphael Cassell is actually really doing a phenomenal job. For I mean, I know he's not necessarily uh, as explored, and he kind of does to me as I was like, because I rewatched the four episodes coming in coming into this, and I did sort of recognize that he does sort of feel like a he's coming out of nowhere uh, kind of character. Like you know, where was this guy yeah. all of the first season? Why didn't we have him? But for what for mm-hmm. what we are getting, I think. Um, Specifically, the sequence where he's sort of egging on Loki, uh, I think, is really, really fantastic. And I just think that entire interaction, like um, even just, you know, going to Tom Hiddleston, like getting the ability to sort of see the the Avengers one style uh, performance from Tom Hiddleston as the the villain of Loki, uh, I think was fantastic. And I think the entire sort of uh, the, even like the interrogation moment and, and dude putting him in that box was just, I mean, there's another box moment mm. that we're going to get to. That's absolutely yeah. horrible. But this one in particular at, you know, for the first time seeing it, it was pretty scary. Yeah. The, um, th- that, that character, like I did have that sort of, who is this guy? Was I supposed to remember <laughs> yeah. him from Where's season one? Cause I don't. Yeah. And, uh, he, and, and he's got a tough job because you know, you've got Tom Hiddleston who slays at everything yeah. he does. Never mind the character of act of Loki. And then you've got, um, Mobius, who's in like both of them have had a full season to flesh out their characters, and then you've got this guy standing in their room to try to like be even close to on par with them. And I don't think he nails it in this mm. episode, like episode mm-hmm. two. Um, I think he had a lot of work cut out for him, and I was kind of just like, Oh, you're you got like, I didn't fully love the character. I, I like, I like the idea of the character and that oh, they yeah. had to get him and everything else, but I. I felt like he was one of the people that like maybe suffered from like uh, he's underdeveloped, not underdeveloped, and and just came out yeah. of nowhere and now has to stand against these two giants on a, on stage. And I was like, ooh, that's tough. Yeah, episode three, yeah, I think he makes up for it and he really finds his character. But like this one, I was kind of like, this guy's nowhere near as good. Like I, I I almost thought he was not. I thought it was bad acting, and I was like, no, it's not bad acting. It's just like. Just not as good. Sure, it's a tough, <laughs> like, it's a tough you know, room like, to to compete with. Tough room yeah. to to stand yeah. out. In, I think right? to your point though, like you're saying, it could have been far more interesting for Brad's character to be someone that did come from season one, 
for us to have that connection with them already like had been they didn't need to be super important in season one but to already have been introduced yeah. like hunter like hunter b15 like she's mm. like yeah. being reintroduced to her seeing a whole new level to her in season two she mattered in season one she's mattering more here in in the second season um i think that that could have been who's the desk clerk guy same same thing with yeah. him like he wasn't really in Casey, for season yeah. but now he's got yeah casey, casey. Yeah. but but he, he matters he's able to yeah exactly in. and he matters yeah, exactly yeah. so to have that sort of yeah. same sort of respect with brad because i agree i think to to give such a an importance of of what he's doing in this episode you know abandoning his post you know trying to mm-hmm. exploit the the situation of, and try to find his best timeline because he doesn't believe in the the tva anymore he's kind of acting out like that might have been better to see from a character that we already did see from season one but i, I i'll give it to you like yeah. like Raphael is definitely trying to match toe-to-toe with th- those talents that are on the screen and it does show in some instances i i think in some cases yes it mm-hmm. does feel like acting when he's interrogating them and he's leaning into them it's like he's really leaning into trying to be mean right and then you see mm-hmm. this sort of flip when he ends up at mcdonald's right and his character suddenly like he needs you know, to get out, out of control he just flips yeah up a exactly bit. he's scared when they meet him but on like on his timeline and then he's like, now he's a badass when he's captured, and that doesn't really make sense. And then, then they go to a McDonald's where he's almost basically free, and he's and terrified. He's and like, okay, and actually, that's place. that's kind of where I liked him the most of his portrayals. Right? Was in that yes. that sort of like, come on, guys, we got to get out of here. Like, I don't know why. Why do we have? Can we get it to go? Like, you know, I I thought that was all really really <laughs> interesting. But you know, again, I, it's one of those things that I, I agree with you. I think that it could have made a little more sense given how much of a turn it has. Like, I, I didn't know this guy brad enough to care that he went from mm-hmm. being a, a respected tva hunter to like suddenly i don't give a, 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 a heap of shit you know what i mean if it was like someone yeah. like a b15 then maybe it might make more sense so yeah i have a question uh just around the timing of everything um were either of you alive in the 80s and go to a mcdonald's in the 80s were either oh of you? yeah yeah i was born in 1980 dude okay sweet i was born in 85 so beautiful so okay so question <laughs> then did they have I saw did that. They, tree. Did they have the little pie holders, like yeah. the cardboard pie holders? Oh, yeah. That's been a thing that's been around that long. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, They're yeah. McDonald's. Shout out to McDonald's. They're phenomenal. Um, but I did want to also trying to get a sponsor. Yeah, here. McDonald's. <laughs> listen, if you're listening, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it. Um, but I did want to ask um, about uh, Docs and her relationship uh, with Brad. Are they? banging are they mother and son are they both like what's this going is on an there? alternate timeline of of her character from game of thrones i'm telling you <laughs> yeah dude that's where oh, that's, that's why that's in your brain dude. i was thinking about the same thing she is super weird and creepy in there oh, and, wow, and she has yeah. a weird relationship with her son yeah and who's who's younger and i don't know there's not a mother there's there's definitely not that that uh, paternal aspect but there is some sort of like some weirdness something, going on right yeah. i feel like mm-hmm. i feel we don't like, get to explore it that much, but no, we don't. Yeah. And that's that's kind of actually one of the, the, the I think the downbeats to to this is like, especially given the fact that everyone was certain that Kate Dickey was was actually going to be a variant of uh, Sylvie. Sylvie. Yeah, very much like mm-hmm. how we had. I, I can't remember the actor from last season who played the older Loki, um, but kind of similar mm-hmm. in that vein. But uh, here it, she's she's a general. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting that so many people had her pegged for which would have been great i think that's a great cast so she would have just been another loki variant exactly an older an older sylvie an older right? sylvie variant yeah, almost yeah, yeah. exactly but 
Sylvie is a Loki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she'd be another. Still a Loki. She'd be another. She'd be another. Yeah. Sylvie she'd Loki, be, older Loki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought that's yeah. I thought that was a, a, an interesting sort of thing. But I, I I remember when we watched this so long ago, and I was like, ooh, people were certain that that was the case, right? So mm. it's like, and that's maybe why stuff. she wanted like Sylvie so badly. It was to like maybe, connect with her in some way. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But yeah, um, obviously that's not the case. I did want to bring up the character of Jack. Okay. Uh, Jack is the, uh, this is, if we're going to be starting to drop some theories as we go along here, uh, I want to drop this one first. Okay. So Jack is the manager at McDonald's that Sylvie works at. Uh, and at the end of this episode, we see Sylvie, she's laying on the truck and she asks Jack specifically if his mom is on her way to pick him up. So I'm going to put it out there that, cause a lot of people are saying that, that, uh, that, you know, Jack is Mobius. Uh, I do not think that is the case. However, I do think that Jack is Mobius's son uh, because I think that Ooh. I think here's the deal, right? Love can transcend time and space and memory wipes. And I think that Jack was pretty excited to work alongside his dad selling the latest in watercraft personal vehicles known as jet skis, which I looked up because uh, I'm not as familiar with the 80s as you two. And uh, apparently jet skis boomed in the 80s specifically. And so imagine, mm. you know, they were about to go into business and then all of a sudden Mobius disappears from their lives and now Jack has to work super hard at a McDonald's. Because if I'm not mistaken, like at one point, in, when we see him in the first episode, I'm pretty sure he's just an employee. And then by the end of the second episode, he's a manager. He's working his ass off to support his mama. I'm telling you right now, Jack is Mobius's son, and they we're gonna get a sequence in the you know in the future episode of or at some point of seeing him meet his son uh, and maybe go on a jet ski together with him. I think Wait, that's I what love I'm. Your, I love your theories. Come but on. I also love that your theories. You are fleshed out. That's of course. The best part. He goes to effort. Just a he goes to the I effort. have to look into I've it. Written it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I was kind of hinting at it before. I thought, I think Jack, if there were, if they were going to do something with, uh, is it Bra Braxton? What Broxton? Is it? Yeah, Broxton, Broxton, Oklahoma. Broxton, mm -hmm. Oklahoma. That and and associate a Thor. And, could he uh, be do Thor? a variant? Could he be the one that picks up the hammer that can wield it? That would right? be pretty That's, cool. So, In a know, McDonald's you know, outfit. Well, that'd be they would love that. Thor? That'd be hot. Yeah, there you go. And he's a Mick ginger. Thor. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> Mick Thor. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, I like the idea that um, they we could start telling those stories, right, about Thor, mm -hmm. because it uh, he is a, he has been a god and, and so on. But then we do get to that point of, of Thor's story where the hammer is very much the the transfer of power and and mm -hmm. anyone who picks it up can get or he who is worthy, worthy of would, would yeah. wield the power of thor and then that's how you get your thor character right so you could do one of those things where it's kind of like a shazam right like imagine that's the future of thor right is a yeah. shazam style character that picks up the hammer and goes into a, a variation of it right so interesting it'd be interesting so i like that i i was thinking about that but this whole thing about him being mobius i i just i don't know if there's enough there that's uh, like that's really can can support it i would even go more on the basis of what you've described is that he might have some sort of relationship absolutely with, i can see with, i can see with, that with mobius and that could be the gateway because there's something important about this kid they've they've like, they've focused on him unless maybe well, I don't know. Maybe like, not. Like, I don't know. They're, they're maybe not. But like the reality of of how maybe they've 
given a little bit more of a, an attention. And if he does come back up, you know, it's a timeline that she respects or that she that she kind of calls home, that Sylvie calls home. And mm-hmm. who knows, maybe he's mm. something, someone that gets sacrificed that means something. So the groundwork yeah. has been laid and something happens in her timeline. Yeah, he's, they're building his story. Exactly. To something. I don't yeah, think it'll to just at least matter. Yeah, ho- yeah, hopefully. But yeah, yeah maybe, you know. Um, this is the this is the episode episode two is where they introduce the, the having the pie the key lime pie in the pie room. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of theories behind what that pie does, and I don't know. If Whoa. You, have yeah. Have you heard of this? I haven't heard yeah. any yeah. magical pie theories. I've heard no. I've heard some theories about the calming the calming nature of it and how it. Yeah. Oh, it's just, like laced with something. Yeah. Well, what I've also heard. I've also heard, and it kind of. This is all from sort of the i wondered what happened they're deep deep rumors like yeah they're deep like it's not not based on any sort of like i'll save it i'll save going into detail with it when we get to episode four Four? um because i think it's gonna matter a little bit more but really new rock stars did a did a little bit of a breakdown that has me thinking that that could be very plausible and kind of a a really scary aspect to the tva yeah Yeah. really agreed the key i think i heard the same things yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. well, um, I'm excited to hear about the key lime pie. Before we move on, one of my favorite key key lines, not key limes. <laughs> okay, um, yes. One of my favorite key lines yeah. is in episode two, and it's I believe it's when Mobius <laughs> turns to him and is like, can we hack into, we can hack into the computer or whatever, right? <laughs> and he just turns and goes, we can? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm asking. <laughs> it's just like that was one of my favorite. I think it's in the like the recap as well now because yeah. it's just so good. I love that. Well, it's also it's also just so ironic because like would he know what hacking is? And like <laughs> yeah, like Mo, right? definitely <laughs> doesn't have a clue. He's and just he saying goes, he's just spewing nonsense. Right? <laughs> yeah. so, so funny. Oh, so good, so yeah. freaking good. I will say, you know, uh, wrapping this episode, um, it did feel like a mad dash to close it out uh, mm-hmm. with the action scene at the end. Um, I, I guess it gave a little more um, <clears throat> sort of a, 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 it serves as a reintroduction, obviously. This episode serves as a reintroduction to Sylvie, but it's also giving a sense of like what who Docs is and, and her importance and this sort of rebel quality that's coming out of the TVA. Like the TVA, as she says at the end, is broken, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's falling apart. And it, it, it does really come down to people deciding with their own fate, like, what needs to happen? How does the TVA move forward? Does it respect these timelines and try to find a way to live, coexist, or does it react and do what the TVA is meant to do and prune them and kill billions, mm. trillions of of timelines? It really sets up the dilemma of what's going on with the T- TVA at this point and how it, how it needs to move forward or how will it move forward? Um, but yeah, the action scene at the end handled well, feels a little rushed, felt a little rushed quick. and shoehorned in. Um, but, but it felt yeah. it felt like a mirror of the moment that we got with with Sylvie, I think, as well, right? With her also trying to bomb the different branch timelines, so it was interesting to sort of see her on the the opposite side of that. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I think this this these first four episodes, there's a lot of stuff that's mirroring uh, that first season. So to go from an episode where you know Loki is. Uh, in a way, reintroduced to the TVA or a, a different version of the TVA, and then move into this episode where we get to sort of see these these time you know so many different time doors opening up and all these different charges going off. Uh, it just felt very much like that. That might have been what they were going for, but to your point, it it was a little bit crammed in there for sure. I um I really wish, and this is you you touched on this in your spoiler free, but this is the point where I wish they started 
the the loom and the we're running out of time. Like I wish this is where things started to ramp up. Somebody mentioned I don't remember who it was on your your spoiler free, but it starts off with oh my god, we have no time and it, we we got to fix this and that's the reason that they go looking for Renslayer or they go to find Brad or all these different things. I just wish they found different reasons to do that, and then this started to happen now, like at the end of season or episode two. Mm-hmm. I w- it just would have the pacing seems weird. They had time to stop for pie, but we have no time. <laughs> it was like very important I, pie, though, dude. I, I think they're doing it on purpose, and they even joke about it. I, d- I don't want to step too far ahead, but in there's a couple lines in episode four where I'm like, oh, they know they're doing this. Yeah, right. Because is it is it actually going to is it actually going to do the thing that they all think it's going to do, right? Or is it going to do yeah. something else, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is that time does move so differently for them. So they probably, like, it, they in, said in, that all of season one. Well, <laughs> so, moves, yeah, exactly. Differently here, right? But, yeah. but even just how the OB really kind of overlooks the situation in episode one, he says, "I can contain it, but we need to figure out a solution." And then they're like, well, our solution is we need to find these people, right? We need to get missed minutes. We need to do all this. And that that does drag out the intensity or the the, the severity of the situation. But it's only getting worse and worse, like to the point of when we do come to episode four and, you know, you'll see it. It just it's blown right to shit. Right. It's like it's gone. Right. Like it's not it it looks entirely different. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, completely insane. Yeah. yeah. So it's It's true. Yeah. So but I, I agree with you. I think that kind of serves as a bit of a, as a pain point, I think, as well, to to a certain degree in terms of how the episodes feel paced. Because, you know, if we can stop to have pie, like you said, but there's this... It just was ever... it felt clunky. Yeah. Like the yeah, the no, comedy it, it didn't sense. feel right because yeah. of the the situation they were in. And I, I had a hard time... It's like in a video game, though, Mike. Because right? I'm like, there's this thing happening. It's, I know it's, it's more video Right, game where you're like, like, you're like, oh, there's this side mission. The end of the world is going to happen. But also, you got to do the side mission where you got to ride a bike for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Do, yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's sort of, you know, it works. It's very Doctor Who-like as well. Like, again, it's yeah. just like, I was like, guys, ah, just doc- this is Doctor Who. Like, just accept it. <laughs> Let's talk about the episode where they ride a bike. Uh, episode three... Titled eight, uh, sorry, titled eighteen ninety three, uh, directed by Kasra Farahani. Uh, in this episode, Renslayer travels to eighteen sixty eight Chicago on the Sacred Timeline to meet someone important and deliver a package instructed by He Who Remains and Miss Minutes. Meanwhile, uh, at the TVA, they struggle to access the Loom, leading them to search for Renslayer and Miss Minutes. Uh, Loki and Mobius track Renslayer to a World's Fair event in eighteen ninety three. Uh, where they encounter a common, uh, sorry, a con man named Victor Timely, uh, who seems to possess a version of his own temporal loom. Sylvie uh, has some has somehow tracked them down uh, and begins to attack Timely, uh, who's defended by Loki. Chaos ensues involving a fight. Uh, there's a giant Miss Minutes. It's like a giant ghost. Uh, and Timely's escape uh, happens alongside Renslayer. Renslayer uh, reveals her connection to Timely uh, and how he created the TVA. Both Renslayer and Miss Minutes manipulate Timely uh, to maintain their influence over him. Uh, but Miss Minutes convinces Victor to betray Ravona uh, after she says that she wants to be more of a partner. He does, he's like, I don't do partners. Uh, and then at his uh, lab uh, in Wisconsin, Miss Minutes expresses her desire uh, to be allowed a real body. Uh, and she also tries to express her love for Victor before he shuts her down. Uh, then Loki and Mobius show up. 
up, uh, and Sylvie shows up and uses her magic to surprise attack them. Uh, she lets Loki and Mobius and Timely uh, escape to the TVA, leaving her alone with Renslayer. Then, after confronting her, she sends her to the Citadel, where he who remains his corp uh, remains. Uh, and to the uh, and, and then at the end of the episode, uh, Miss Minutes hints at a secret that she says will make Ravona real angry. Uh, so we gotta we gotta get into this episode. I think this was uh, a standout episode, very much though, kind of kind of a side mission episode, like we've just been talking about. Uh, we gotta talk about the tandem bike. Um, but I think the the first thing that I want to just shout out again. Natalie Holt, the 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 iteration of Jakino's Marvel fanfare. I don't know if it was Jakino that came in and did this, or it was probably Natalie that did this one. But the Marvel fanfare in the 1800s instrumentation style uh, was fantastic. There's also a polka version of the Loki theme that we get in this episode. Um, I just wanted to shout that out. I, I love it whenever they can take the the Marvel fanfare and and sort of change it up and 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 do something really fun with it. Yeah, she was on stage uh, in episode three. She's oh the really? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Someone pointed that out. That's cool. So, yeah, so she cameos nice. in the episode. So that's that was a fun little find. But yeah, again, another great way to imagine the iconic themes through the lens of of the time. The that music's we're in. been awesome. Yeah, it really has. Like it's it really does suit yeah. it. Yeah, and I I I'm I'm I really did enjoy this episode. I think this was one of my favorite episodes just because of how revealing it is for certain elements you know Ravona, Ms. Minutes you know a lot of motivation is established in this episode um, even to a certain degree understanding more of Victor Timely um, you know it's interesting that he's given the the book by by Ravona and, and Ms. Minutes and uh, mm. it's on the sacred timeline and then you know when when Loki finds them in 1890 or Loki and Mobius find them in 1893 it's a branch timeline it's a branch and one yeah it's a branch so does that is is that the difference that Ravona the, the was originally the book is the branch i think when he's is the book the, the branch book, yeah i think that's my that's what i'm thinking mm -hmm. i think she steps in gives him the book and that branches away from what was supposed to happen yeah but i'm wondering if it's the act of her doing it or because it was always destined for him to get that book do you know what I mean? On the mm. sacred timeline. So I'm wondering, because mm. like I think that Victor Timely in this, especially in the way that um, Ms. Minutes gets, you know, kind of hot and bothered uh, by him in a really confrontational way at the end of the episode, <laughs> which is <laughs> quite awkward. Um, I think I think Victor Timely is a very or is is he who remains. Uh, is in in a lot of ways. I think he is the one that that we see at the end of the episode, or at the at the end of season one. I think him being given the book made him not he who remains. Oh. I th I think it gave it. I think that kid, mm -hmm. Victor Timely, as a child, it wouldn't have become the con man, kind of mm, crap version mm -hmm. of Victor Timely. Because he's given this book that gives him all these things, and he doesn't really have to learn and fight for himself. He kind of is given this little bit of like a leg up. Yeah, he's cheated, and then yeah. be, and 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 then just is like, oh, I just cheated my way into this, and now he's a con man, and he just sort of like floats through life. And I don't, I think that that's the problem is that the real he who remains was the person at the end of the the main timeline. What's it called the sacred the, timeline? Yeah, the sacred, sacred timeline, timeline. Um, and that that guy was able to go through time and had to do it for himself. Mm. He wasn't handed this book. 
And I think that that, I feel like that makes a difference. I don't know. Maybe. I'm I'm spitballing theories, and I think that anything is really a go. But I, I, I find it interesting, the this the level of focus that this has on um, mm. Victor. Um, almost parallel and maybe even some ways juxtaposed. Because to your point, uh, he who remains is a man with power who has who has lived through things um, mm-hmm. based on circumstance and of life. Victor Timely uh, doesn't ha- haven't hasn't had all that privileges, so he is helping. You know, he who remains is helping by by giving this book to mm-hmm. a very vari- variant of himself, and and maybe there's more that are like that, that are out there on on the sacred timeline that he is giving a leg up to, to kind of help push potentially his own, his own variation. So he can inevitably close the inevitable loop of, of uh, this multiversal war. Um, Well, cause I I remember like, you have to go back to the, the season one finale and, and, you know, he mentions a 31st century, um, you know, variant who who was a scientist who discovered the multiverse, right? Who discovered that there were multiple universes. So I I kind of um I'm on board with what you're kind of talking about, Justin, in the sense of like the idea that maybe there are just a bunch of these like little kids scattered around the sacred timeline that can just be sort of activated and and used for this this loop, right? This this because you know I, and I already brought up the concept of like the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail, the idea that this is looping over and over and over again. Um, so, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, it, it is a good thing to question of like, are there a bunch of other, you know, quote unquote, Victor Timelies or, or different, you know, little kids out there uh, that are he who remains or Kang or what have you that can just sort of be used uh, for this purpose. And maybe that one in particular was just the one that we saw in this this season. I don't know. Maybe that's not the only book that got taken back. Maybe there's yep. a bunch of them that have gotten taken back over the course of time to create more variants. Yep. Right. Because the minute you introduce that book, if that is the point in time that the variants created, well, you, he could have done that over a course of time over and over and over again to create all his different Kangs. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do think the character is important is when we get to episode four, but you know, there's, there's such an attention to him in, in this episode three and, Again, the whole time period, uh, you know, taking us to 1893, I, I thought that was so great, you know, keeping it focused in that in that world and, you know, really living in it uh, for the episode. I thought that was that was absolutely such a such a tailored tailored moment. Right. Such a, a moment that uh, an episode that's so focused on on great production design and to have Casper Ferrani actually direct this episode, who is the production designer. Like, it's great to see that marriage of of, you know you know so the creative vision of seeing it designed and then executed in a way to tell the story it's great it's it's perfect i also want to shout out you know we've been talking about thor earlier um balder the brave gets mentioned uh in this mm. episode uh which means balder exists uh at least in this branch timeline of the mcu and apparently uh i was doing some research daniel craig was supposed to debut as Balder the Brave uh, in Multiverse of Madness as a member of the Illuminati, and that was that sort of empty chair that we we saw. Um, really? I think that would be phenomenal. And if they still want to bring Daniel Craig in uh, as Balder, like let's go, that would be amazing. And Daniel Craig's not that tall, I don't think, is he? No, so they, don't they yeah. make it? Or, or Thor's Thor's not, not that tall. Yeah, yeah, that's what you say. Yeah, yeah, Thor's not that tall. 
Um, still, still a jealous boy, right? Because <laughs> if you think yeah. about it, he hasn't lived through the events of anything after um, Avengers One, right? So he's he's pretty much. I guess, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't gone through all the other events of, of oh, Loki's right. journey, right? So right, right, right. he's still he's still kind of juvenile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't learned his lesson fully. He hasn't learned his lesson. No, exactly. Uh, but yeah, you're. I would love to see Boulder the Brave like show up. I, I thought I heard he was going to be in in Thor's um, Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. um, but then mm-hmm. yeah, it was Multiverse of Madness that they said they were thinking of introducing him, and I, I think there's still a chance that he could come in for Thor Five, like. You know, uh, if they mm. if they actually decide to do that, so be interesting. Uh, yeah, it would be great. It would be. It's a good casting. It's mm. a good casting. I really loved loved the vibe of this though. That that time period. Um, this is where it's it's solidified. I had just watched that episode and I heard Darcy say as a Whovian, like, "Oh, it's very Doctor Who." And I was like, "Yeah, you you can't get more than that by taking one episode and putting it in a different time, time. frame." Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, like that. That was so cliche, uh, Doctor Who. Like to go back and live there for an entire episode and then have it open up into something completely different once it gets to the end. Like so great. And what they did with Miss Minutes, like, Oh yeah. Just to change her up and put her more in the time frame, and that her character just unraveled in so many great ways. Oh man. And, and that line when she is at the end of that one, when she, uh, She's like, you will never. Be oh, that, him. that's coming no, that's, up. That's, that's, that's coming up. That's oh, one. sorry. That's okay. she, yeah, no, yeah, at the yeah, end sorry. of this, yeah, yeah, sorry. At the end of this episode, when she bleeds her face onto the mannequins, Whoa. and it like twitches and Glitching? things, I was oh, like, dude. "Yo, that's why in the in the spoiler free, I said there's some horror vibes, man. Yeah, like, there's some yep. scary, yeah, yeah. freaky things that happen, and it's like it's sort of perfect with Halloween right around the corner. They they sort of lean into this this, this sort of dipping. creepy creepy autonomous techno vibe of of miss minutes and what her yeah. control is it was it's it's her her unraveling is probably even is is just as interesting too because it really sets her up for being the big mm-hmm. villain of of this season i think well and i think that's you know we've got so many stories coming up with the rise of ai in our uh sacred timeline so you know i think that's <laughs> definitely very fitting um i think yeah like just it's such a phenomenal uh, voice performance and and yeah I'm I'm digging what they're doing with with uh, Miss Minutes I think uh, the entrance for Sylvie here was was pretty fantastic with Ravona sort of saying I'm order uh, and then you you know I almost anticipated her Ooh. to be like I'm chaos or chaos, whatever yeah. um, but it was just yeah. it was such a wonderful moment I think Sylvie this season has sort of gotten a bit of uh, the shaft of, of sort of focus. I think she's kind of been a little bit more in the, in the background. Um, I think, I think the only thing though, that I will say that I really enjoyed in this episode is her struggling to kill Victor because if she does that, if she did kill Victor, she'd become the thing she hates most in that moment. I was almost done with her, right? She was taken uh, because of something her variants would do. And so mm-hmm. I love that, like, th- that's kind of what keeps her back uh, from from killing him. And I, it's just it's it's a re- I think at that moment for me, I was like, OK, that 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 brings her up a, a little bit more this season for sure. I, I think her moments through this these four episodes have definitely been softer and gentler, if you will, in the sense that they're not as obvious. They, they come in small amounts. Mm hmm. And when they do come, they're they're very heartfelt. Right? Mm-hmm. They hit you, right? So even her conflict with um, Loki in in the the little carousel that they're in, and how they're going back and forth 
with what's right and what's wrong. You you see this great emotional moment for her character. And then you go fast forward where she has to suddenly see the decision. Like she's becoming the thing she hates, right? Like you said, mm-hmm. and, and she's becoming the problem when she's going around saying, well, I'm just going to eliminate every variant of this person because of one Um yeah, it's it's yeah. You can t- see she takes that back, right? She like she said it, and then she's like, "Oh, I can't actually do it." Mm-hmm. Exactly, because she she understands what she's becoming, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even though her moments haven't been so like obvious and dead dead center for these like first three episodes, they've still mattered, right? We've seen her try to seek happiness. We've tried to we've seen her almost have that happiness taken away, and now we see her trying to correct mm-hmm. the situation to be like, well. He gave me this job. I took this job. I got this temp pad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt down all these variants and just be the, the one that takes them all out. Like she's gonna own that responsibility, but she's not a killer. I think she's one of my favorite characters across the whole series. Absolutely. Like she, and I don't know the actress's name, but she is Sophie Demartino. She's stellar. Sophie. She's so good at that role, and it's. I don't know how much conversation happens between her and Hiddleston, but like they have mannerisms that are like very similar and I'm sure it's purposeful. And it's just like, I don't, I, I'm just so in awe at the fact that she's playing such a great, great role. And so well, yeah, she's doing a good job for what we, for what we get of her. This again, I think we got a lot of her. Obviously she was kind of the big focus of the previous season, but uh, this season fair, you know, she's, she was the focus, but there's so much more that's going on this season. Yeah. But again, just coming back to it, like, if you after rewatching it, when she's on screen, her moments matter to yeah. her yeah. and to yeah. her character's development. Mm-hmm. It, it's not yeah. like she's just there, right? right? Yeah. You have to you have to really look at it. I think the first time I watched it, it was like, well, she's so underwhelming. Like she like I'm hoping mm-hmm. in the next two episodes she's going to matter more. And I'm more certain she is going to matter in the next two episodes because it's really going to come down to the. The two Lokis, I think, mm-hmm. to fix whatever's next. But I feel like she plays us too as the viewer. Like she's always the one who's pointing out the things that are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like like she's pointing out like what you're not you're gonna go have pie like or she's she's like no I can't do that or you know she takes that role of like oh my god don't kill him like it's it's not him mm-hmm. kind of thing like she's very very aligned with I feel like what the audience would be thinking. Yeah, and I I also did want to just bring up um before we continue uh, B fifteen. Uh, I think is you know the focus on her and and the the idea of her sort of um, seeing uh, all the like the the branches uh, disappearing and just you know I think yeah. for her and I think Wanmi uh, Masaku is doing a phenomenal job with her face uh, and the way she's performing in that moment in the sense of like those are people uh, those are real people that are being eliminated it's just it not only is she. Uh, confronting the fact that this is happening right now, but she's confronting the fact that that used to be her. That was her Mm. thing. And that was her whole purpose. Uh, And so to see her sort of transition throughout uh, has been fantastic. And uh, yeah, just shout out to, to uh, one me for, for killing that as well. Yeah. That was, that was an episode two, right? Uh, I think it was in episode two. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But I did want to (laughs) just, Sure, no worries. I just want to make. I thought I was mixing things up. So no, no, you're right. I've been mixing them all up. That's (laughs) right, but I feel like those like there's been some really great moments like that of like realization and uh, what what's funny is that Mobius never really has that, and I think purposefully he's very oblivious. Like you know, he's more excited about like 
a, a two seater bike or <laughs> some show or find it. He's like, oh, look at look, they've got this eating like, the, the cracker like, he's jack a, popcorn. He's, a, he's on vacation every time he goes to another like. That's, his, that's the way he does things, though. Right? But that's I, I, style. I think, but like that's why I think that pie conversation in episode two mm-hmm. was really important because mm. it opens up the idea that he is just content with his life as it is right now. In, yeah. We could say it's the pie that's making him feel that way, but I, I think that uh, what's yeah. interesting is is that he's giving validation as to like, but that's not me. Like whoever else is on the timeline, that's not me. I don't know that life. I only know this yeah. life, right? Like yeah, even yeah. even in that moment to have that sense of clarity of understanding, like why do I want someone else's life? All I've ever known is is this, right? Yeah, and and I'm good at it, and, and I'm good at it, and I feel it. I feel yeah. accomplished, and I get to do things, and like he that feels factory like, worker that's he, just he's just I'm yeah, just, I come he's in just and content. I put my bolt in, he's and gonna leave. he's gonna punch in every day. Do the yeah. nine to five, retire, and maybe Enjoy get like some sort of, of imaginary. Do you know who else is like that? Do you know who else is like that? His son Jack. Okay, let's get on to episode oh, four, uh, the one that we've all been kind of waiting yeah. for. An hour into the podcast, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but we had to talk about those other three phenomenal episodes. Uh, episode four, titled "Heart of the TVA," directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Uh, in the this is going to be a little bit longer, but I think it's worth it for this episode. So, in the Citadel. Miss Minutes reveals to Renslayer that he who remains once valued, valued her leadership. However, after showing her past memories, Renslayer discovers that she was deceived, leading to her realization of the truth that she and everyone at the TVA had their minds wiped. Meanwhile, at the TVA, Timely, Loki, Sylvie, Mobius, and others collaborate on a plan to fix the chaotic timelines. While working on the device, Timely's past connections and innovative ideas become crucial in their efforts. Uh, Amidst the chaos, Loki and Sylvie's complex relationship deepens as they grapple with their roles and the ethical implications of their actions. Uh, As the situation escalates, B-15 tries to convince Doc's and her loyalists of the TVA's new direction, emphasizing that the uh, the need to protect their organization uh, and and to stop pruning uh, is is super important. However, uh, Miss Minutes and Renslayer manipulate the situation, leading to deadly consequences for those who resist their influence. Obi and Timely's device uh, faces technical challenges, uh, and the team races against time to fix it. Meanwhile, Sylvia and Loki confront their own doubts and fears, contemplating the responsibility they bear uh, in the face of the looming crisis. Um, In a final desperate attempt, Timely ventures out to confront the loom, but the radiation proves fatal, leading to a catastrophic explosion and a spaghettification, if you will. Um, Despite their best efforts, the team fails to prevent the disaster, leaving them in a state of uncertainty. Uh, The explosion engulfs everything in a blind light leaving the fate of the tva uh and our beloved characters hanging in the balance so oh balance time i get yeah, okay there we go oh, uh, obviously nice. we want to get straight to talking about the big explosion at the end and what's going to happen next but i think we'll hold off for our predictions if we if we can if it's even possible um we can discuss that maybe a little bit later i wanted to start off uh with talking about Specifically, and I've been waiting a while since we first talked about the box torture, how vicious and violent that box scene was. Like, that might be the most violent, albeit off screen, sort of death that I think we've ever seen in the MCU. And just I think, from an idea standpoint, for sure. Yeah. It is, it is death 
by materialized as by, yeah and, and pushing people like together and like smiling as it's happening like dude that was the worst part that to me was more scary scary than what anything they could show in and the fact they didn't show it i think is what makes it the, the most scary, scary. Mm. because like your imagination creates the worst oh. possible thing right like the, the imagery of what happened in my head is worse than anything they would have yeah shown. so so this ties into what i was talking about earlier so uh mike as we were talking the pie uh has been rumored to maybe be something that is a an agent that calms people down that relaxes people that makes them drink the kool-aid if you will and become a little bit mm -hmm. more you know accepting of their their compliant. job compliant if you will uh we do get a hot chocolate machine that is featured in this uh yeah. in this episode you guys and, your, uh, it's just hot chocolate so, it's just pie so, relax I, I know maybe enjoy it maybe <laughs> But timely didn't drink it. No, but so it was timely didn't drink it. Um, the one thing that's really interesting that New Rockstars totally did, and it, it has made me thinking, and it, it could be one of those, you know, is Jack Mobius theories where just it's nothing. But the sound and the bubbling of the the noise that they they've laid in for this box squish death and the way they cut it to don't ruin the key hot lime chocolate pie. oh the hot chocolate and okay. the key lime and the key lime pie <laughs> to a certain degree with this idea that they are making um you know they're making food that people are consuming from the that from that mush that, no that sort of no style. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I know well it's lime, funny because key lime pie is people <laughs> oh no no but so yeah. The one the one thing the one thing that really solidified it for me is when they're recapping it and they go to the scene where Brad prunes that dude who sips the 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 yep. thing and it drops to the ground. He looks at the ground and he says, I'm sorry, right? At this like mush, right? <laughs> That's at the ground. So they people think like he was saying, is he saying sorry because he knows what they what those dead people that's would dark. become that's i think that's dark. the wildest that's that is the dark. wildest theory almost halloween or whatever <laughs> but come on dude <laughs> i don't know it could be uh, I, I i forgot to mention one thing brad in this episode was totally re he redeemed there himself because his facial that scene yeah. with the box and his yeah. like that that was like stellar stellar and that job. scene he's not he's not on screen with yeah. tom hiddleston and um owen wilson so i mean <laughs> He doesn't have to you try know, as he hard. Didn't have to, he yeah. didn't have to go as, as <laughs> yeah. great, but he did do a really great job. Right? But even yeah. when he says sorry to that mush on the ground, like it's so oh, it heartfelt. Great. Like he feels he feels broken yeah. for what he had to do, yeah. right? And yeah. now he feels like, 100%. all right, well, I'm in this now, right? And I'm I, there's mm -hmm. no way out, or else he's a he's a a cho hot chocolate spilt on the grates. You know what I mean? Jeez. Or just I, a bubbling true, mess. That's... Maybe it's just the imagery too. Like I, I, I think the other thing you could go for is that he was looking at it because it reminded him of what he left. That room of all those people mushed in like oh. bubbling into because they're saying, lying so on grates, man. That thing is on grates. They're sitting on grates. So when they get squished, it's all just getting pushed in. Like it's it's it's, it's maybe they've yeah. got like another machine. It's a prune juice machine. <laughs> Right, and that's oh where they go. And there's where the hot chocolate. They're getting is. pruned. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to shout out the uh, the the fanfare of this episode too, which kind of doesn't happen, and it it flies through the the sort of the branch timelines all the way to the Citadel, um, which I thought was super cool. We, you know, I mentioned earlier how a lot of the stuff is being mirrored. Uh, this is an exact 
mirror of the season one finale uh, opener, um, except that the Citadel is sacred. all it's broken, yeah, it's broken, and everything's all spaghettified, right? It's um, post, it's post sacred timeline for sure. <laughs> yeah, super cool. I, I just yeah. I thought it was really neat. Yeah, no, it's great that we're going back. It still means that place matters, um, which means that you know Eliath hmm. is going to matter and stuff like that. Oh, I, I, I completely I forgot about Eliath. Yeah, I the think smoke he's, monster. He's, there's a lion. <laughs> this big smoke monster that uh, devours oh, yeah. <laughs> in the void where like she's right, right. she's obviously in, in the Citadel. But if that still exists, then obviously, you know, there's just there's, there's just possibilities. Right. Um, because I think in this episode, we do see Renslayer get uh, pruned. So she's not dead. Right. She's going to go to right. the void. So right, that's she, what my wife was asking yeah. me that. Was just like, "Are she dead? No. When you get pruned, are you dead?" No. And I was like, "I don't think They've so." They've done a really good job this season, really dis- defining that, especially with Kihei Kwan- with uh, with o- Ob kind of decide like, "We're all gonna die." You know what I mean? <laughs> or oh, we all die. Or oh, you die. We're all gonna be <laughs> it's just the way he says "die." <laughs> like die. it's so like yeah. it's like he it, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So and and it, and the way he's describing it more specifically, like obviously the punchline is "We're all gonna die," but. But I, I think in relation to how he's just how he's usually talking about what's going to kill them, um, it it helps to set the tone that you know obviously pruning isn't a killing, uh, it's it's a an, a an elimination from that timeline, right? From from that, yeah, so. yeah, you're getting thrown into the yeah. Trash they're not bit. coming yeah. hot chocolate and pie. Um, but I I do think though going back to the Citadel being all broken and what have you, uh, another neat thing with the production design and also kind of a hint as to sort of the concept of this being a giant loop uh, is the fact that when we do see the Citadel in that opening shot, it is all broken apart. But then if you go back and look at the internal shots of the Citadel, there's sort of this, um, uh, it reminds me a lot of like, if you've seen Ahsoka, like the stormtroopers and now they had, there's a, a term for it. That's like a Japanese term for, for how the helmets are put back together. But the idea that like all those cracks in in the citadel in that you know f- uh, season one finale, maybe that's because it's happened before and it's going to happen again mm. and again and again and it's just it's being reformed every single time. Um, so I think that is an interesting little aspect to it that they would specifically show what's mm. happened to that rock formation uh, and the citadel uh, in that first shot. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's just getting put back together because they did. They had all those cracks, and it was what was, was like bronze or something. In yeah, at all. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, maybe it maybe it's happened over and over again. Mm-hmm. Is it called Kitsumi or Kinsumi? Kinsumi? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it's it's the act of basically resealing it. But yeah, obviously it was blown up and put back together, only to be blown up again. And it was clear based on on the way things were designed in the original. Like it's just how it's all piece together like yeah. a puzzle um so it's cool to see those fraction those fractured fraction points kind of mirror and you know what mm-hmm. was a whole timeline and what is now a broken uh you know branched timeline look what does it look like um but really wild to see Renslayer um kind of come to this realization of you know that she had a part to play in in securing this war um, and really, you know, I think Nate, you were talking about it too. Is uh, is she a variant of He Who Remains? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like is that what they're really kind of getting at? Almost how Sylvie is a variant of Loki, um, which is 
interesting. Is she a Kang? Yeah. Right. So, and, and mm-hmm. is that why she, like he's, he's intimidated by her. Right. Cause he seems like he's reluctant, not reluctant, but like, well, he said he doesn't do partners. Right. And I think that's a, a big aspect to it. And like Miss Minutes, you could argue is a partner, but she's a partner that he can wholeheartedly just control. control. Right. And that's why he never gives her her own temporal loom. He never gives her her own a autonomy, body. a body. Um, he's mm-hmm. he's got a partner that he can still work with, but is not a partner. Right. So someone he can control. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. if Renslayer is a variant, I mean with the potential to be a full-on Kang of some sort, wiping your mind would make the most sense. Being like, oh, you're back to square one. I can't let you, you're, you're, you know too much, put you yeah, back. until she needs to know more, right? And that's kind of what yeah. we're seeing throughout these four episodes. But like, are you, are you theory, are you saying basically the multiversal war that he's talking about hasn't actually happened yet? It, it both has and hasn't happened, yes. yes. <laughs> both has and hasn't yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It but, happened a long okay. time ago and it's about to happen again. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the idea of the the Kang's dynasty and, and these these new movies that we're going to be moving into. I think I think this season and this series is very much helping to sort of set the groundwork for uh, what's to come. I just it'll be interesting to see, obviously, with with all the stuff going on with Jonathan Majors IRL and and of course, this actor strike and just everything. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of just and all the sort of the Marvel. A lot of people are feeling marveled out and, and all this stuff. It's going to be interesting to sort of see how we progress forward but i think this episode uh and the the sort of the concepts that we're talking about with ravona give them options uh oddly enough yeah. right and so um i don't think that was the intention when they made this because i don't think they ever they didn't intend that the stuff with john the majors would would go down uh but who knows right who knows now that we've there's, got our writers back maybe they're working tirelessly right now to try and figure out a way to to work around it i don't know i don't know i think you just recast them man if yeah. it really comes down to being an issue yeah you just recast them the character's so important yeah what are you gonna try to do yeah. make renslayer the new kang like i just don't think right. that that's like it, it, yeah. it's it, you're you're pitting your they'd be pitting themselves into a a corner and saying oh well this is the easy like this is the way out right like we'll just yeah, avoid this character people were saying um uh what was it who was the villain from guardians three um, people were saying like, oh, that can be the new Kang. And I was like, don't take that. They, that is an incredible villain. And don't take that away from him. Like just yeah. cast, cast somebody new, make them Kang and move forward. Exactly. Like I agree with that. Yeah. Like don't, don't try to take someone that already has a great character and put them in those boots. Like yeah, don't, the, I don't want the high evolutionary, uh, Hi, yeah, played by Chekwudi Awuji, who I actually interviewed. Secret plug there for Guardians, yes, uh, our yeah. Guardians three coverage uh, back in the day. Um, he's fantastic. Uh, if you want to find out what his favorite animal is, uh, check out that interview. Um, but um, <laughs> but I, I I also wanted to kind of I know we're kind of going all over the place with this episode, but um, I think the timeline is unraveling, so it's it's fine. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's so it, it's perfect. <laughs> we, can, we can go Absolutely wherever we want. Yeah. We go wherever um, we want. This yeah. episode is spaghetti. Miss Minutes, I want to go back to that moment that you, you talked about earlier, Mike, of her uh, just in that final moment as she's, I guess, being reset, uh, which I don't even know what that mm. necessarily means. But that moment where she's just like, you'll never be him. What do you guys what mm. do you think that it I don't means? think that I don't think he's the first Victor Timely. Right. That's my thing. I think yeah. that this is a uh, another Victor Timely. 
Uh, it isn't yeah. the Victor Timely. It is another Victor Timely. And I think I do still go on the basis. I think Victor Timely be, will be the, the he who remains, the man at the end of, of the timeline. We've, we've seen he who remains. We're sort of seeing he who started it all, right, mm. in, in a lot of ways. And, and that's kind of where we would be going. And we'll see the other variants of Kang throughout movies and other TV shows with different variations. But I think to make... He who remains have these sort of, in in a lot of ways, humble origins. Uh, you know, being a a sort of down on his luck. You know, kind of underprivileged, if you will. You know, he wasn't given the same opportunities in in 1893. Mm. He's carving his own path, and he's doing so uh, by by learning, but also exploiting that to get the best of those who think he that do have power over him. It's kind of like it's kind of. A more or less like a reduced version of what he would inevitably do at the end of time with carving out a timeline. Like he's he's all planning an ultimate con. Uh, so he is know, a con man. Think about yeah. it. He is a con. That's what I mean. He who remains is a bit of a con man, and that's that's sort I, of. See, I don't believe. That. Yeah. He, I, well, I yeah. think he who, he, he who remains is, in my eyes, is the one person who d- he does not exist anymore. Sylvie killed him. He had his his timeline that he lived. And Victor Timely is an entirely different character who is not the same, just a variant, like only a variant. Right, but the, in in the sense of like there might be a destined he who remains again. Have we just reset that journey? Right, like I don't think there is going to be another he who remains. really interesting. Interesting. I don't be- I don't believe that. I think that there are, you know, infinite Kangs across like all these different timelines. Um, but I don't think somebody. I think another Kang will sit in that seat, but it won't be he who remains. And I think he who remains yeah. and Miss Minutes are are linked. Like like he who remains created Miss Minutes, but none of the other Kangs created Miss Minutes. And Miss Minutes loves he who remains, but that's the only one that she loves, and he's gone. But why is she also chasing so hard after Victor? Right? Like I feel I like think she was until she found out he's not him. Right, you'll oh, never be him. Interesting. Like she wanted to replace him and then is realizing, oh, you're you're nothing. Oh, like okay. Like he's nothing. I like that too. He's not. Yeah. He's nothing like he That's who remains true. at yeah. all. Yeah. And I think he's actually tainted. Like I think giving him the book turned him into a con man who is weak and bad at what he does. So he's a bad variant. He's, he's not as good as he who remains. Like he's he's shit. But if he's not he who remains, he could very well still be a part of he who remains plan. Um, let's, let's get to predict. Is there anything you guys want to talk about before we get into like the next of it all, um, about this, this, uh, fourth episode? Uh, I'm trying to rethink all the stuff that happened. Uh, (laughs) There was the one thing that bugged me was how nobody really trusted Victor Mm -hmm. timely, but they knew they needed Mm -hmm. him and they needed him there to open up the blast shields. He opened, they opened up the blast shields and now they are just going to let him put the entire project on his shoulders and nobody has a problem with him taking control and going out the door and doing it. I was like, there's no way Sylvia is going to be like, yeah, let's let him go do this. Mm. Like, yeah. I didn't I didn't believe that any of them would have been like, yeah, we trust him to go and do the right mm-hmm. thing. Like that that was that seemed weird to me. And I don't think. Well, I, I agree with you there. there. Yeah, but I they needed to kill him, right? Like well, canonically, did, did they, that's what that yeah. when you see what happens, you're like, that's oh, why. that's why because they wouldn't do that to Loki, right. obviously. So, well, yeah, if, if they knew it was gonna, yeah, it's gonna kill them. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think the the um, interesting part of this episode is Victor Timely in the TVA, 
um, you know, his his interaction yeah. with Obi. Oh um, yeah, let's okay. Uh, this is this is so good. So like good. this is fantastic. Who came first? I, yeah. Who came yeah, first? Well, who Obi came first? Well, that's, or Victor. Well, I, I'm, but that's where I'm thinking as well too. That it, it, there has to be another Victor timely, right? Like I don't know if the work that o, uh, or or uh, Obi is is talking about is the Victor timely that we're we're currently with. It could be another Victor timely. I think it was he who remains his version of Victor timely. Interesting. So Whoa. I think I think there was there is I think his name was Victor Timely, but he just didn't he wasn't known as that. Well, see, I thought it would be it would be really interesting if they reveal that. something in the book and it's like the signature was already there. Do you know what I mean? Like because it would have happened already or something like oh, that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like maybe he signs it, but he signs it in a way that's like it's slightly they never got different, to it, right? Right? Oh, maybe they did he not actually get to because I think Sylvie said. They said we don't yeah, have time for right, the signature right, thing. Right. We have yeah, shit to do. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Can we can we save this? But I, I'm wondering too. Like, there's that. There's a little bit of that that time time whiny stuff where it's timey like, whiny, <laughs> timey whiny stuff where it's like it almost seems like it clues it as a memory for Obi in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, everything I learned was from Victor Timely. Uh, you know, like because yeah, yeah, now yeah. he's interacting with Victor Timely, so now he's able to like suddenly just say, "I don't know." Like there was something really interesting about their interaction. The handshake. I feel like there's a, there's a, an importance to Obi that is that we we have yet to unravel, mm-hmm. um, and maybe he is really the one who remains. Uh, based on the TVA. Interesting. Like he's the real. Well, I, I also mm-hmm. could maybe put that on uh, Casey. I think Casey, uh, his his love for oh, yeah. Obi, Obi was fantastic. <laughs> and then so seeing him in Can the I background. Can I get you to sign my book? Yeah. Right, but seeing him in the yeah. background of Obi meeting Victor Timely, like he was just so happy. It was such a funny little moment. And <laughs> I think everything that they're doing with with uh, Casey, I think his his character is is a welcome uh, sort of upgrade uh, from the previous season, for sure, for sure. Yeah, there was there was one edit I wanted to call out in this episode mm-hmm. as well that I really loved, um, and this kind of goes to like when what we were talking about where the pacing seemed weird and like there was all, everything was in a hurry, but then they were never actually in mm-hmm. a hurry. And there is a point I think it's Ob who says we have no time, or maybe it was Mobius. I forget who it was. They're in the room with the blast doors, and they're 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 like we're running out of time. And then it cuts to Loki and he looks at a watch. And he's like, there's still time. And it's like that, that quick of an edit. And I was like, Oh, they know that they're just screwing with us this whole time. Like oh, they're absolutely. 100% like doing this on purpose now, where now I kind of forgive the beginning yeah. after seeing that yeah. line going, okay, okay. Like they know. They're well, cause there's also a us. line uh, when it's revealed that it was Loki that prunes Loki. I think that's when he says, uh, I promise you this will all make sense, right? Yeah. Which is, again, yeah. the writers <laughs> yeah. just sort of... Is that straight yeah, I'm us? pretty sure, right? That's is the like, idea, right? Yeah. Um, but let's let's get to our prediction segment, which we're going to be bringing back from season one. Uh, with our predictions, we always like to give cheesy names for our prediction segments, and this one's not great, um, but it's what... Nate likes to. It's what we have. Nate likes to give I cheesy names. I like to give cheesy <laughs> names. Um, <laughs> so, Mike, I want to know, what's your low-key perspective on what's going to happen next in episode five. I thought you were going to go with like spaghetti string theory. (laughs) That works too. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Let's hear it. Um, Honestly, like I, I honestly am not sure what to think because of the way that this ended, the fact that like they didn't save it and the, the, the loom blows up and it goes to black. You know what I mean? Like it was like, 
it, anything could mm-hmm. happen. So what's going to happen is like so up in the air that like my brain goes like, uh, like that's it. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like I got nothing. Yeah. I honestly am like, I don't know. Uh, I've, I read a few rumors and things about how, you know, like Deadpool may show up in this series oh, wow. and, and there's like, there's rumors that like mutants may show up the and it's going to open shows up, up a whole that's fi- finally. Yeah, I haven't heard that one yet, but but yeah, I really hope you get Please. that. Um, but the idea that this is going to open up the apparently in one of the rumors is it opens up the mess that Deadpool three Deadpool three closes. Interesting. Um, so that might be or the case. part of it, I could right? See that yeah. Being. And and now there's a lot of like, but with Marvel going up in the air and kind of like reassessing everything, anything yeah. could happen. I do, I don't mm. know. I don't even know. Like, I couldn't even tell you what's going to happen episode what is it, five yeah. and six, right? So, like, I have no idea. I, I'm lost for theories, to be honest. Well, that's a fun place to be. It's it's also a scary place Kinda, to be, yeah, though, for, for the writers of, like, you know, people. Uh, the fans are going to fandom, right? Fans are going to fandom and say, well, we're going to yeah. see Deadpool. And it's like, okay, everyone calm down, yeah. please, because I promise you that's not going to happen. <laughs> like, it's, it, yeah. You know what I mean? It could, but it's not. Like, it, it's, it's I think the the whole idea of it is, like, um, it, it's a it's a really fun place to put your fans, but it's also a terrifying place from a writing perspective as well because you do get those people that mm. just run on that stuff, and then no matter what you come up with, it's disappointing, right? There's a couple things, couple things I think that you're going to see before the end of this, or at least before the end of the uh, a beh- end of a Loki series. Sure. Whether if I don't know if this is a last season or if they've announced, I hope there's a season. They would be crazy anything. not to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like they'll do another one for sure. I I definitely believe the pie has some. Th- there's something going on with the pie and the hot oh, chocolate. No. Like I do believe that it is creepy enough and weird enough. I do believe that Miss Minutes is going to be like the biggest baddie in this. I think that that's She's going to come out of that. Uh, and I think Brad is going to get have redeeming qualities before the end. Of yeah, it. I think he's going to feel bad for what he had did and what he stepped away from and make. His survival I like meaningful. That. Yes, he's a sacrifice. I, those I are, those with, are things that I believe. I, I agree don't know with how all that, that those things are going to happen, but I, I believe that those are going to happen. Yeah, I think. Justin, I think. It makes what's a lot your low key perspective on what's going to happen right. next? <laughs> oh right, my my low key perspective. Sorry, uh, my low key perspective is I agree with Mike on on a lot of a lot of it. Uh, you know, uh, something's going on with the with the pie and the hot chocolate. Uh, Miss Minutes making Miss Minutes the the big baddie. Uh, of this season is is a great idea. She has a lot of information um, that I think, you know, they don't destroy her, but they they turn her and they make her helpful and they make her a part of what they're trying to do to fix what's going on. Mm. Um, I think without a doubt, though, these the the ramifications of this loom and doom scenario is is going to have huge impact on upcoming movies like Deadpool, because especially because of how crazy and wild apparently that's going to be um and and really where they're going to hope based on rumors really at the end of the day where they where everyone thinks it's going to go the events of this would definitely help fuel that and make it justifiable and then Mm. they can just go buck wild right so it it does it doesn't Mm. we don't need a reference to deadpool other than when we get in that movie that's the reference it's it's a crazy broken timeline um true but i i'm i'm wondering what is next for these characters in these next two episodes? Time slipping is definitely going to come back. I think they're all going to be discombobbled um, and kind of thrown all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, did the thing do the thing that it was 
going to do? They did blow up and now everything is shattered or is it just, you know, is it just chaos or is it stable? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, is it that? But I think it's great that that not many people might have an idea of what's next. So refreshing that an episode four, much like Moon Knight episode four, uh, put kind of served as a hard reset for anyone who was going through these episodes, having theories and theories and theories. And I'm sure a lot of people, when they saw mm-hmm. Victor Timely turn to Spaghetti Mush, were just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I said out loud, what the fuck? Like, that that, that definitely was like a, a <laughs> yeah, exactly. moment. Like, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and low and even low key like the the sort of the to a lesser degree as i was mentioning before everyone thinking that you know uh Kate Dickey was going to be a variant of of Sylvie mm-hmm. right another Loki variant mm. right it you know it's fandom it's fandom getting excited and driving their excitement but I, I i love that writers can still have these moments where they can subvert everyone's expectations and go ha you thought Mephisto was yeah. in that? Nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. So I, it's not very often a TV show gives you that like red wedding. Moment, exactly. You know what I mean? Where Surprise. you're like, exactly. Oh. And that's oh. that's kind of what this episode really felt like. And it does feel like a reset where we know we're gonna see certain things, but we don't know what the ramifications of those those things yeah. are. But everyone, the producers, the writers, Eric Martin, you know, Kevin R. Wright, like they've, they've been the next two episodes they say are are some of the best and they're they're excited for I'm excited for it, I'm so, really excited. Yeah. Well, my low key perspective in case Justin mm-hmm. I know you were going to ask. Um <laughs> I figured you'd ask yourself. So <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you any chance to theorize you were not going to pass up. So, okay, so uh I'm glad you mentioned uh Kevin R. right. Um he he teased the fifth episode uh w- according to Screen Rant. Uh, and said, well, this is a quote, well, reality is gone. Loki's going to have to uh, bring back reality, uh, sorry, bring reality back somehow. So I think time will tell how he figures out how to do that. Uh, so I think pretty clearly there, the use of time will tell. Uh, I mentioned earlier the idea that love carries through uh, through time, um, you know, we talk about the idea of like variants can fall in love through through time. Uh, Ravona still feels drawn to he who remains, um, you know, through even in that spark with Victor Timely. Like there's moments where she sort of has that spark. Um, and then I think it's it's also why Mobius still carries such a passion for jet skis from the 80s is what I'm going with. Um, I think there's a reason why. Uh, beyond why Casey is in this season so much. So if you remember correctly, uh, Casey is, and I don't know if they'll do this. This might be crazy, but what if they did? He has Infinity Stones in the drawer, uh, in, uh, in his desk drawer, okay? And magic is now unlocked at the TVA. They literally put in a specific oh. line to say that magic is now unlocked. They turn off the magic blockers. We get that moment of Loki and Sylvie going, yes, turn it off. Uh, so magic exists now at the TVA. So I think two things will happen. I think you're right, Justin. I think everyone's going to start time slipping into the future, into the past, into different timelines, into branch timelines. We're going to get to see Mobius forced to confront his past uh, and his family in Broxton, Oklahoma. Uh, we'll see Loki use the time Time Stone to fight against 
his time slipping uh, and to coordinate with all the other individuals in that room to pull off fixing everything. Uh, in fact, in the first episode of this season, and you already sort of mentioned it, Justin, when Mobius and Loki are having that conversation in front of the Kang War uh, multiverse mural thing, uh, there is a blurry character walking in the background. And as soon as Loki says, he who remains wiped everyone's memory, that blurry figure stops, looks over at them, and then keeps walking. Now, this could just be a background character. There was another background character earlier in that scene, whatever. But I think this is maybe Casey, who is on a mission with Loki, walking by in that exact moment. I think they're going to stop everything, uh, and there's going to be a, there's going to be, you know, kind of, they're going to try to stop the the loop, if you will, because I think this is one giant loop that we're going off of. I realize I sound right now like the 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 always sunny meme of Charlie with the <laughs> with the, the board, hundred <laughs> percent. This is like where's okay, all but, the mail going? But hold on, yeah, hold on, yeah. hold on. So I think Casey's on a mission with Loki. I think they're going to stop everything. They're going to try to stop the loop. They discover that it is a loop um i think in the mm -hmm. end of all things i think kate i think i think you're right i think obi is really important i think obi will go away sadly i think obi will sacrifice himself in some Ooh. way um which is unfortunate but i think casey takes his place i think hunter b15 will run the tva the correct way uh and i think there will still be a uh there won't be a he who remains uh there will be a she who remains and ravona will be cursed to live out the rest of her days uh, at the citadel which they no longer will use for pruning people that is everything i think or They'll just fail, and then a bunch of stuff is going to be able to be reset in the MCU, and the writers can take all the fan criticism and just you know delete characters if they want to. Yeah, but I, I, like, do you think what's <laughs> driving the a lot theory. of the? Yeah, but do you think <laughs> mm -hmm. what's driving a lot of the the sort of, uh, I guess, fatigue with Marvel is 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 from a writing standpoint, or do you think it's just from a, an abundance standpoint? I think it's I think it's a I think it's a bit of both. I think they've written themselves into certain holes because of the fact that they aren't all the same writing teams. They're not all the same creatives that are mm -hmm. making this stuff. And, and you don't really have like, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe they do. Uh, but I, as far as I'm aware, there's not really the same thing that they have with star Wars, right? Where they have that sort of like group, that story, that writing group, that story group that makes sure, Hey, Luke is here at this point. Uh, you know, Leia's here at this point, they can't be here or whatever. I, I don't think Marvel, to my understanding, I don't think Marvel really has that. Uh, and so I'm wondering if I'm wondering if if the concept of this massive break in all the timelines is an opportunity for them to set up the the Kang movies and and the 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 new Avengers movies and give the ability to soft reset aspects of the MCU that they know aren't working, which I don't think is the like personally, I don't want a lot of that to happen because I like the majority of the stuff that a lot of people don't like in the MCU. Yeah. Um, but there's certain aspects that maybe they might want to just sort of tweak a little or change. And if they can do that in a way that gets fans behind it, I'm not saying bring Robert Downey Jr. back, but if they can do it in a way that gets fans behind it, I think they've got an opportunity to utilize th some of this to, to maybe make some corrections. I don't know. That's just me. I, I just wonder though, what, what sort of corrections are they trying to make is I don't understand what's, well, Not you didn't like Secret Invasion, Secret. so maybe they just erased that. <laughs> I, I, but I like. Mm. Is it? Does it? Again, I don't know if erasing a show, right? right. But like, no, I know. other than a show, is it? Is it just the fact that they've written Jonathan Majors as this titular character that's of huge importance for the next few phases, and now he's facing some some legal struggles? Mm -hmm. You know, again, I think 
just recast him. You don't have to overthink yeah, it. Yeah. Just recast him. It doesn't matter. The world's going to know what's going to happen. If, if it goes south, he's convicted. Yeah. He goes to jail, whatever. If it gets goes worse, worse, and worse, and whatever. Or if they just want to distance because, you know, he's not going to be drawing attention even with it going on, and even if he isn't innocent. Like, we've seen it with Justin Rollins. It's not like Rick and Morty were like, okay, yeah, he can come back. It's it's not, you know, Marvel might want to put some professional distance between them and Jonathan Majors. Maybe. So they recast. It's That's all they really need to do. I, I think that there's a lot more going wrong in terms of, like, I mean, I think that there are huge fans. Like, I think that the three of us enjoy enough of Marvel, but... I am like I know people, and in, like even my wife included. We've watched all we've we rewatched the Marvel like the MCU at least mm-hmm. once, if not more. But these more recent movies, she, like they're losing her, right? Like, and so I think that there are a lot more people that these things are losing those people and not gaining new fans. And I think that that is a worry. That um, is, I personally think that it's QA, like the quality, quality assurance yeah, of yeah. of some of the scripts are like that's it. They're yeah. not great. The rewatches I've done rewatches on all, all the most recent movies, and like when I think back to like Quantum Mania, like that first act is a slog for them to get into the it's quantum realm. See, that's is the worst <laughs> writing I think I've ever seen them. Yeah, do. It's, and I I like I I think we can. It's bad. We can all respectively say that that like not everything is perfect within the MCU, and they're definitely trying to build. And I honestly think it's it's quality, it's it's quantity over quality. There's there's they're trying to push out yeah. as much as they can, and the quality is so inconsistent. Like you got some gems yeah. like WandaVision and Loki, right? And and even you yeah. know uh, Spider Man No Way Home, and you know, but then you have a miss like mm-hmm. Doctor Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of mm-hmm. Madness, like you know, I, like I'm so angry, <laughs> right? So <laughs> exactly, yeah. right? Like my thing right. is is that, and then you have more shows in between to kind of soften and, and reboot, and it's just you know you're you're losing your audience because you're just you, you're going too hard. Whereas we were at a point where it might have been one or two movies a year you're getting four yeah. to five maybe six pieces of content now this year it's 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 four yeah so i'm i'm you know i think focusing on i'm excited they're scaling it and back. for sure and I, I, like that's that's, that's smart good. and they're doing shuffles they're understanding that to as nate said their writing isn't as cohesive as it should be tonally mm-hmm. right and i think mm-hmm. by creating more of a a synergy between things like okay things that are working good for like you know Loki and I, I didn't mind Moon Knight. I think Moon Knight was was good, right? And then I loved it. But like, you know, I I want to see some of that like come together in in a cohesive manner because when you've introduced Shang Chi as the next adventure, but we haven't seen him in over what two years. Like, what's going on? It's got to like, be more. Than you've that, done, yeah. Well, it? probably I think it was twenty twenty one when it when it came out. But like, you know, you've introduced that character. You've claimed that he's in the, the next Avenger. What's been going on there, right? You've you've introduced so where's much. Where's Harry Styles? As well, you know, yeah. Where's That's Harry Styles? Exactly, exactly. What's, 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 yeah, ha- yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah. with all where's of this? Where's Borat as Mephisto? Uh, I think yeah. I think to to kind of get to the other aspect of it though, and I know that sounds a bit dark of the idea of like removing some of these characters and stories but the other way to look at it as well is it also just opens up a ton of opportunities uh, for them to sort of say, mm-hmm. well, you know, the the snap was a major event. This moment as much as it's kind of hidden in the streaming service show of Loki. I mean, Loki's huge, but like it's, it's a, it's, it's not 
it's not Avengers Endgame, right? And so the idea of like this mm-hmm. moment potentially being a huge casting off point for them to then work into the multiversal storyline that they have going forward within the saga, um, I think is really, really exciting and, and really interesting. And I, I, again, if none of what I described in my low key perspective happens, uh, I will be just as happy, most likely, um, because I, I think it's, it's, I'm just, I'm stoked to see what happens next. I'm really excited. Um, yeah. But that is it. Do we have anything else that we wanted to mention in, in, before we, we, we wrap up and the loom explodes? Um, and we all turn to spaghetti. Um, <laughs> that is it for <laughs> as long as the rest of the ep- the episodes don't go yes. to spaghetti. There we go. I'm on board. Let's, let's hope uh, they can land. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, before we wrap things up, Mike, yeah. uh, can you let our lovely listeners know how they can uh, keep up with you? Uh, yeah, I um, I do a podcast called Dumpster Talk. You can follow it on all the the or, or listen at all the the podcast places that you listen and enjoy. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Dumpster Talk or email us at info at dumpstertalk.com. Very cool. Yeah, I got I to gotta shout out Dumpster Talk. Um, I've been on Dumpster Talk. I've had the pleasure of guesting on an episode mm-hmm. that I, I brought some Marvel <laughs> fun into. Um, and I think the the... It's it's such a blast. I think, especially as we get into the the nice cozy fall season, I think it's a great podcast to listen to. The best way that I could describe uh, dumpster talk is if you've ever had that feeling where the weekend is over, you're driving back to work on and you're, and you're on your commute, and you've got the, it's that dreary Monday, and all you can think about was how great it was to hang out with your buddies at the cottage over the weekend. That's the feeling I get when I listen to uh, Mike and his co-host Justin, uh, not our Justin, but his Justin yeah. uh, Baloney Jones, uh, talking about some of the yeah. craziest things. It's such a, it's a really warm, lovely, uh, Thanks, sometimes man. chaotic spaghetti <laughs> of, of conversation. Uh, yeah, of it's a verbal yeah. rodeo every day. <laughs> so yeah. much fun. Uh, we will again. We'll have links for that uh, in our description. You can follow uh, Mike and check out. Thanks that for podcast. having us. Of course, dude. Absolutely. It's it's fun to have you on mm. these watch clubs. I love chatting this stuff. Um, but that is it for this week's watch club recap for Loki season two episodes one to four. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions, your low key perspectives uh, on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just send Justin. Out towards the temporal loom so he can let you know how you can reach us across time. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter, or the app formerly known as Twitter, uh, at geekcentricyt, or on Instagram and threads at wearegeekcentric. Do you think there's a branch timeline where they still have Twitter and it's like good? Like it's really good? Probably. I hope so. Maybe we gotta move. It's like taking over the world. Gotta go Mm -hmm. there. Let's go there. Know. Was it ever, was it ever good? I'm, I've never been a <laughs> yeah, fan. Exactly. Never? No. <laughs> nah. I've made them. I'm going there now and then. I hated it. Um, well, if you are also not a fan of Twitter, but you're a fan of Discord, uh, you can also join us in our Discord. Uh, we're going to open up, uh, now that we've kind of got this episode out, we're going to open up our Loki uh, Discord channel. We can talk about it. We can have some conversations directly with you. You can let us know your Loki perspectives in there as well, uh, and we'll have a link for that Discord uh, in our description. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the recent releases uh, that are out now, including our spoiler-free reviews for David Fincher's The Killer. Uh, we've got our review of Goosebumps episodes one to five, uh, our spoiler-free review of Loki season two episodes one and two, uh, our review of The Creator, Expendables 4, and I Am Groot season two. 
Uh, we also have a ton of interviews out now, like our most recent interview, uh, as the one I've, I've already mentioned. Uh, we Justin got the chance to interview uh, the episode two director of Loki season two, Dan DeLeo, uh, where he discussed his journey as a visual effects supervisor. And, uh, and then becoming a director, getting to sit in the director's chair. Justin, you also interviewed two other folks, and those interviews are coming soon, I believe? They're going to be out as of right now. Oh, perfect. Wow, you must have just gone through the timelines to make that happen. That's amazing. Yes, I moved quickly. Do you want to let the people know who those interviews are with? <laughs> yeah, well, I had a chance to talk with the costume designer, Christine Wada, uh, and I also had the chance to talk to with uh, production designer and director of episode three, Kasran uh, Farani. Uh, and we got into exactly sort of the same sort of conversation with Dan, just that transition and bringing that approach of production design to directing. Um, and it, it's it's very enlightening to see that the whole behind the scenes of Loki is treated with such a collaborative energy, uh, which is really uh, a testament to these guys stepping into the director's chair and, and taking up the opportunity. Um, so yeah, great interviews. Yeah. I think production design in general is kind of the highest thing that we were all pretty, pretty stoked about with, uh, it's, with it, the show in general. That with the camera work has been yeah. flawless. Like there's these beautiful long takes because they're actually built sets and, you know, the camera lingers and moves through sets. It's, it's great. It, it, it really does give a whole new level of of production value to the the MCU TV experience which again is something to learn from and to emulate with other stories you know we can only we can only hope mm. we can only hope <laughs> yeah. if the loom explodes <laughs> um but uh, be sure to check out that interview uh and all of our other interviews either here on your podcast service of choice or over on youtube at youtube.com slash geekcentric we're going to continue this watch club uh for episode five later this week uh and then again for the finale we're gonna have some special guests joining us from other branch timelines so be sure to check those out uh and we would love so much on our sacred timeline to become uh, some Rotten Tomatoes. We would love to get Rotten Tomatoes certified. Uh, so a beautiful, fresh five-star review would go a really long way uh, in the Apple Podcast app, if you don't mind. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and these watch clubs. Mike, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this watch club recap. And as we say, for, for all, all time, time, always. always.